0: have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted with me today? My last podcast was about listening to hear and not to talk. And I shared a story about how my son wasn't reading what I thought he should be reading. Note the word should. And remember what I think about shoulds. Shoulds are like shits. We shouldn't say them because we don't want the shits. (laughs) So what I thought my son should be reading and what he was reading were two different things. So I wasn't necessarily encouraging that form of reading, which was shutting down his reading and his abilities at school. So once I realized that I needed to listen to hear him and not to just talk over him and shove my opinion down his throat, it was a totally different experience. And I totally just remembered that I forgot to share that out of that experience, This son of mine who in grade three and grade four, I was getting called in saying, you know, maybe he had a learning disability because he wasn't reading and wasn't doing comprehension and you know what what we need to do about this and um, I end up getting curious with him and listening to him and really hearing his Words. And it was super funny because just before this summer, he's now 16. So that was when he was nine or 10, and he's now 16. I said to him, Okay, you're going to get a summer job. Let's think about where you might want to work or what you might want to do. And last summer, he was going to get a job um, the summer before he actually worked. And then last summer, he was going to, but we were going to be on too many family vacations and other things. So this summer, okay, what are you going to do? And he said he wanted to work in a library. And I was just like, oh, that's my son. But actually, I just thought back to the fact that in grade three or four, what if I had shut him down and said that comics weren't books, and therefore they shouldn't be read as books, and really shut his love of learning um, and passion for reading down at that point. If you're more interested in that, listen to my last podcast on listening to here, and not to talk but this one I wanted to do about getting curious so I do say that quite often in my podcasts: get curious with your kids and I've had a couple people say well what does get curious actually mean get curious means pretty much exactly what it sounds like ask as many questions as you need to to understand and if your kids are like oh you're asking way too many questions actually just say to them I'm getting curious because I want to understand. And the only way I can understand something that you're going through is by talking to you about it. And if I don't ask you questions to help create what's going on for you and understand it, then I make my own story up. And once I make my own story up, things just can go downhill from there. So let's understand where you're coming from by getting curious. I uh, gave the example quite a few times examples actually in my range of podcasts about getting curious. So for instance, with the last one I just did, I got curious about why my son wanted to read comics and what he liked about comics. And I discovered so many things through getting curious. I discovered that there are whole sections called graphic novel sections at the bookstore and at the library. And so guess what? If I hadn't gotten curious, I wouldn't have figured that out and known that there's these whole sections, which obviously mean it's literature because it's in bookstores and libraries. Um, Where else have I gotten curious that I've shared? Oh, my same son, when he went to his friend's house and he was offered dinner and he suggested that he had allergies so he couldn't eat that particular dinner and so the mom made him a completely different dinner. So instead, again, of being punitive... I got curious on our walk home that day. We talked a lot about, you know, why would you tell that story? And why did you feel the need to lie? And what was going on? And I do have a podcast on that actually I believe it's entitled, It's Okay to Lie, something along those lines, look for that, and I really firmly believe that. Lying is a a way of problem solving, so if your child is lying, it's because they're trying to solve a problem, and you need to give them a different way to solve the problem. So my son, we went through, I don't know, 10 different scenarios about what he could have said differently than having said, I am allergic. Now. Honestly, it was smart for him to say that because it did give him a whole different meal of something he didn't want to eat. So it solved his problem. Now I don't want somebody who thinks that lying is the way to solve a problem. So we came up with different ways to do that. The other piece that's really important that I want to drive home that I drove home I think in about two podcasts ago, which is nothing is right or wrong, it is just different. It's the choices we make that have pros and cons to them. But as soon as we say something's right or wrong, you can get into an argument with the other person who thinks it's the opposite of that. Instead, if you just own your choice, it doesn't matter if somebody thinks it's right or wrong because you're owning your choice and you're owning the consequences that go with that choice. So for instance, with my son in that situation of saying he was allergic, so the person made him a whole new meal, he needed to own his choice. He made a choice to not tell the truth to get a different meal. The positive is he got a different meal, the negative is he did that in a way that in the future, if the parent found out, which of course she did because my son had to have a conversation with her, then she might look at him differently or might look at his words or what he says differently. So again, life is made up of choices and they have consequences. It's not made up of right or wrong. I'd really like people to sort of stray away from that. So anyways, we're getting curious, right? We're saying to our children, why did you make that decision? What were you thinking when you made that decision? What were you thinking just before you made that decision? What were you thinking just after you made that decision? How about 24 hours after? How about 48 hours after? How about six months later? I mean, you know, decisions are just decisions. And unless we create a whole story around them, then really a decision is just a decision. And so before you paint your kids into corners or into pictures of what you're thinking they are because of something that they've done, again, think of it as it's just a decision. This may have been a decision with a lot of negative consequences, and therefore we wouldn't want our child to do that again So then you just have to think, well, how would I have them do that differently in the future? And I'm going to suggest to you that you ask them questions. Find out what makes them tick. Be empathetic to where they are in their lives. Let's go over what the difference between empathy and sympathy is. Another great thing I learned in my social work course, or my social work degree, four years of learning about people. It was a really good degree for me. And so what I learned is that empathy is that you can put yourself in the person's shoes and you can figure out where they're coming from, see what perspective they're looking through. Sympathy is where you are not putting yourself in their shoes but you're just more feeling sorry for them. Personally, I'd prefer if somebody showed me empathy. If they were like, oh, you know what? Even if they haven't been through it, they could be like, ah, oh, I could just imagine if I put myself in your shoes. As opposed to, oh, I'm so sorry for you. As though, you know, they couldn't relate or maybe that would never happen to them. So you want to empathize with where your child is at. Remember back to being those ages. So when you paint your child as this monster, or devil teenager, what were you like as a teenager? What was your brother or sister like as a teenager? What were your best friends like as teenagers? Where were other teenagers like that you observed? What are teenagers like in movies or books, right? Teenagers are teenagers. It's just a number of an age that they're at. We create stories around teenagers and we make it seem like, oh, because somebody's a teenager therefore they act in all these different ways. Yes, developmentally and in terms of of in terms of their brain developmentally and in terms of their body developmentally, they're going through changes. But aren't we always developmentally, hopefully, in our minds and our emotions um, and potentially our bodies going through changes? I think so. So let's not paint kids into particular things. For example, the terrible twos. Who came up with that concept and why? And why do we say it? and why do we repeat it? And the more you think about it and if you're going to call your kids the terrible twos, they're going to act like the terrible twos. So Empathize with where your child is at instead of painting them a particular story. Ask them questions. Find out what makes them tick. As I've mentioned just a little bit earlier in this podcast, what does that actually mean? You know what? If you can't think of questions to ask your child, Google it. Google questions to ask my five-year-old, questions to ask my ten-year-old, questions to ask my teenager. I would like to bond with my teenager and what should I ask them or how should I do that? And honestly Google is just this amazing resource that's there because if you're not able to think of something, they'll give you a ton of suggestions of how to do that. And you know, once you start on the path of asking your child questions, having them get accustomed to the fact that you're asking them questions because you want to know where they're at, you're not doing it in judgment. You're wanting to know where they're at. It totally shifts your relationship with them because then they want to answer you and they want to open up to you. And not only that, But guess what? They'll have their friends because their friends will see that you have this close relationship and that you ask questions and they kind of accept that and you would be amazed at the amount of information my kids friends share with me, and actually most people that meet me, because I am curious. But I'm not curious from a judgment perspective. I'm curious from a totally empathetic, where are you at in your life? And can I support you to be somewhere different? Or are you totally happy where you're at in your life? And that's amazing. And I still want to hear about it. The other reason you want to get curious with your child is you want to actually see where they're at in terms of being empathetic but you want to be in sync with them and you want to see that you're not letting the system that they're in define them or you aren't defining them. I did talk about that in my last podcast in relation to my son and reading. If I had defined what his reading material should be I may have totally turned him off from reading instead of him being the avid reader that he is today. And what if I didn't talk through things with my son and i didn't find out that really it's that it's not that he couldn't read it's that he was choosing not to because he didn't like the material that was being shoved down his throat from his perspective so be curious with your child be curious with the people around your child the key influencers because what happens often is that we take a key influencers opinion or advice about our child's heart And we don't question it. I like to call that blind trust. So we have blind trust in our key influencers and what they're telling us about our children. Whether that's a report card we get, whether that's a coach saying something, whether that's a parent, another parent or our own parents saying something about our child. So what if you take those things that other people are saying to you about your child and you start to own them and start to see your child in that light. Well, guess what? What you feed grows. So if you start seeing your child in any light that's not positive and just who they are, where they're at in this point in time, guess what? You're in effect painting them to be that way and helping them to be that way. So really make sure if you're gonna paint your child, paint them with positivity and and praise as opposed to negativity and criticism because what you feed grows. So blind trust, why you don't wanna have blind trust is because who's to say that that person is the person that totally understands who your child is? They are getting a picture of your child and they would like to share it with you. And hopefully they're sharing it with you with the intention to help your child. So let's get that on the table. You want to make sure the people around your children that are their key influencers, I kind of call it the team. You want to make sure they're on your child's team. And if they're not on your child's team, you have to get them to see that they need to be. So if they're the teacher and they're putting your child down, no, no, that's not the way we look at this. We look at this as we're on the same team. And then you want to get curious with them. So get curious with your child and then get curious with their key influencers as to why they may be saying what they're saying. And I've shared different examples. Uh, I did four podcasts, I believe, on report cards. And that was premised on the fact that my son, my youngest, had had this Report card that just blew us away. We totally didn't think. uh, We being um, his mom, I mean, sorry, I'm his mom, (laughs) we being his dad, his um, stepdad or bonus dad, as I like to call it, and myself. So I received the report card, I texted it to them. We all thought this report card must have been written for somebody else because it was so out of character for my son. Anyways, instead of blindly trusting the report card, I got curious. I got really curious (laughs) in this case with the teacher and really asked a lot of questions as to why the teacher would have put certain comments down and given him certain marks in relation to different things. So I didn't blindly trust. You're really going to want to not blindly trust. And, you know, these are two significant examples that I've given in different podcasts. One was my oldest son, who's now 16, but when he was in grade three or four, I was called in and told that he most likely had a learning disability. My son, same grade actually, funny enough, grade four, first report card, first letter grades. I was also told that he wasn't reading at grade level and that his math was subpar. I must tell you that I was blown away and it is in my four report card (laughs) podcast. I've talked about it and how to read a report card and then how to talk to a teacher is in a different set of podcasts just after that because I really encourage you to get curious and not blindly trust. If I had blindly trust in those situations, I'm not sure where my children might be simply because when you blindly trust and you start painting your picture of your kid in that light, that's what you're feeding in them. So again, what you feed in somebody grows. And if you're feeding in them that, oh, my child has a learning disability, and not that there's anything wrong with having a learning disability, but if you're feeding that in there and it isn't there, then it's almost like you're creating that for them. I say that often too with parents, with a child who maybe has anxiety. So again, instead of going, oh, well, my child has anxiety and therefore they can't do X, Y, and Z, and we shouldn't make them do X, Y, and Z, I invite families to say, or parents to say, okay, they're having anxiety, like behaviors or exhibiting anxiety-like behaviors. We don't define them as having anxiety. We define them as having anxiety-like behaviors. And you get curious about what these anxiety-like behaviors are. And by getting curious about what these behaviors are with them, you can help them resolve it. And again, the, the questions are, you know, when does this come on? What happens just before it comes on? What happens just after? If you've went to the just after part and you've gotten through it. What can you do differently next time so that maybe the feelings don't come in the first place? And that's what getting curious means. It means not painting your kid as a picture of something that you don't really want them to be or isn't going to serve them in life. So hopefully hoping that you found this podcast as enjoyable as I find him find them sorry I don't know what's wrong with my talking hoping you're finding this podcast as enjoyable as I find doing them I really invite you to get curious with your kids. I really invite you to get curious with their key influencers and get curious with yourself around your judgment around your kids. And I want to thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five star rating on iTunes, that would be much appreciated, as well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.